Welcome to West of the Midwest, a podcast where this brother and sister share our experiences in life and how we grow along the way. Join us as we dive into the mind-blowing differences between the Pacific Northwest and Midwest cultures, people, health, politics, and more. No topic is off limits here. So sit back and relax as we hit the road. Vroom, vroom. I'm I'm Ashley. Here with my brother. I am Brian, also known as the Foz or Fozzie Dad. That's true. <laughs> we uh we decided to start a podcast after moving from Seattle to Wisconsin. And I have to say it's been uh, quite the adventure <laughs> <laughs> learning the differences in the cultures, uh the people, the environment, and um that's been one hell of a ride. Well, a little bit more about yourself. Are you married? I'm married uh, to an amazing man and uh, have one child, 15. He's going to be a junior this next year. I know. <laughs> Just about to start driving. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. What about you? Well, so I'm married. I'm married for, what, this will be 16 years this year? To a beautiful wife, and I have four kids. Um, my daughter's also 15, going on 35. Yeah, she's gonna start driving, which is kind of crazy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then three boys at home, uh, they're let's see, 14, 11, and six. And done, we're done. We're done. So, you don't want to have we're two done. more? We're, we're, there's no change of life. <laughs> Getting triple tested. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. I, I work. I work for a renewable energy company. We make, uh, we turn manure into natural gas so we can heat grandma's basement. I love so, that. Yeah. That's not anything you would hear in Seattle. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, I'm not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you, you wouldn't be talking like that there. Not even no. in farm country. It would just be windmills. Oh, geez. <laughs> Yeah, I um What do you do for your life? I own uh co-own two companies, an organic cleaning company. Um so we're using all fancy. Yeah, healthy organic. products. <laughs> hey. That's that's northwestish. If, if you're not up, you're not up, you know. <laughs> um so we use all <clears throat> like doTERRA, Thieves, Norwex products. Um mm-hmm. better for the health, better for the environment. Basically, it's probably better for the people cleaning too. Oh, it is. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to get sick. And then a coffee company, um, that'd be cold brew and coffee. So when we moved to Wisconsin, I got really disappointed in the coffee here. <laughs> it's really sad. Yeah, their coffee game can be upped a little bit. I I would agree with that. So that's what I'm here to do. Just level it up. It's like the same four roasters in the state roast for every uh, coffee shop, and it's pretty much all the same beans so um we're just here to change the game it's a not little bit. delicious it's not no it's but we it are leaves a lot snobs. to be wanted but also we came from seattle area so. yeah and and i will say that being from seattle does not mean we like starbucks now you used to work at starbucks yeah i met my wife there yes i, I like that part <laughs> but the quality of a starbucks bean is not no. the quality that we love no it's i think the older i get and the more i drink different kinds of coffee the more i appreciate other roasts yep because if you like a dark roast then get starbucks like they're dark but it's, it is and it's very acidic yeah it's not... if that's what you like but if you don't know well if you like it it's because you don't know coffee. you probably don't know yeah, yeah you don't know <laughs> <laughs> what's available so you do that for fun huh yeah that's it's great fun. um i have an incredibly supportive husband who just says do whatever the hell you want to do and if you want me to be your stay-at-home dad, and I'm happy to support women's rights and feminists, but also he is the main breadwinner and, um, you know, is never wavered in that and always been incredibly supportive. So even with this podcast, he was like, yeah, that sounds about right for you and Brian. You guys definitely need something to talk to somebody in the audience. Not always Shelby and I. <laughs> And that's that's Brian's wife's name, Shelby. My husband's name is Josh, and um, they are saints. Well, that's true. They put up with us. Um, she's very encouraging. 
not just with the podcast, but yeah. like just anything that <clears throat> I'm setting my heart to. That's kind of been a big difference here, though, when we moved. It's mm-hmm. been how do we support who we're going to become, not just like who we think mm-hmm. our spouses are, but like who they might become. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah that takes very different. That takes a lot of grace and patience. To be able to operate in that and see and a lot of paying attention to not just the words that we say, but the actions that we're taking and how to help keep each other accountable in those things. So I want to start kind of with the move to Wisconsin. Yeah, your your move was first. So yeah, yeah. so for years, well, we've both talked about for years getting out of Washington, but I think I was much more adamant about it, um, at least vocally for probably the last seven years. I, I would go out of state, come home basically in tears, like, we gotta get out of here. Like, I had no pain in Vegas. Yep. Get me out of here. We have a lot of family in Nevada. Um, so I was traveling often and just the rain and gloominess of Seattle, uh, it just it just became too much. And so finally I just, and I've been back and forth to Wisconsin for the last nine years. So my best friend lives out here and finally booked a ticket for Josh to come with me in 2020. Uh, we we came out in the end of October. And then, what, our third day here, Josh was looking for jobs. Then we moved six weeks later. <laughs> yeah, it was fast. And I wasn't expecting him to even want to move here. But once he saw the culture, the environment, the people... I don't even like, think he was, right? Yeah, he no. was just like, oh, I guess we'll look at it, you know. Yeah. Probably just do what my wife wants, which is go look at it at least. Mm-hmm. Like, but he didn't, did, so he wasn't even really well, no, we were just in getting, the mindset to go. Yeah, we were just, really what it was, I had no expectation he would want to move here. I just knew we needed a break. Uh-huh. And so, always secretly in the back of my mind, I was like, anywhere out of Washington is better. Um, but I never thought he would move here. Because he'd always say, like, if I'm going to take vacation, I'm not going to the Midwest. What the hell's there? And then he came and he was like, wait a minute. Now this is something I could get behind. And so we made the move. It was crazy. We took by train. I do remember that. We had a party right outside the train station. Yeah. Took a train through the mountains in the wintertime. And um, it was pretty awesome. How many days? Three days. Three days? with Yeah. Titus with his yeah and our son. dog uh, we got here two oh, days oh yeah your dog holy yeah. cow we got here two days before Christmas uh, one thing you don't realize when you move to smaller towns is uh, everything shuts down so that's one thing I do love about here is they're very family oriented but Christmas Eve dinner was quick trip yeah. uh, Christmas dinner was thank quick God trip. for quick trip because <laughs> <laughs> we had nothing and everything was closed so. You know, we made an adventure of it. Um, Real quick, so describe Quick Trip to people in the Northwest because they don't really know. Um, okay, so if you think about a gas station food, you're going to, if you're not from the Midwest, you're going to go, oh my God, that's disgusting. I would never eat from a gas <laughs> station. Okay, Quick Trip sources locally, so their milk, they have their own dairy farms. So all their milk oh. is within 24 hours of it coming off of their farm in the gas station. Their okay. food is like fresh made, even the stuff that's put in the heater under the heaters. It is delicious. So yeah, Quick Trip is uh, it's delicious. I mean, one thing we learned about um, I don't know if it's just Wisconsin or if it's a Midwest thing, but um, damn it, now my brain is blanking. Ham and rolls. Like ham croissants or whatever? No. Um, Sundays, a lot of the local mini-marts, well, they're not really called mini-marts here, but they do hot ham and rolls. That's what it is, hot ham oh, and rolls. Oh, really? Yeah, so you go in and you get this package of hot ham, which you think, like, that's disgusting. And these rolls, it's like six bucks, and you go home after church, and it's, that's just what you do. And I first found out about it when I visited, and I... I didn't realize that a lot of it. This was from the like local mini marts. <laughs> so I was like, oh, this is yeah. delicious. And then I found out and I was like, what the hell? <laughs> I would never do this in Seattle. 
But no, they yeah, yeah, the quality is different. Yeah. Like, if, if you go to a gas station in Seattle, it's like survival food. Yeah, like, it's bad for you're you. You're eating it because you have to eat it, and it's all there is, yeah. and you can't get to some other place. Like yeah. we're here, the quick trips are everywhere, but they all have quality food. And like, I will tell you, if you are from the West, Northwest, you know that a gas station is not clean. No. Okay? You go into a quick trip, it is bright, it is shiny. It's like a thing here. They have like maps and like there's people that will try and check off the map, like drive around to say they went to every quick trip. Oh, it's like okay. a really big yeah. deal. Well, it's like, yeah, it's you feel like it's cleaner. The people are really nice. They, they actually acknowledge that you exist yeah. at the lines. They talk to you like a person. Mm -hmm. That's something that's, you know, missing from... Well, I will say, though, that there stores. isn't the fear of just being shot. Oh, yeah. Okay, because no. in Seattle, <laughs> let's be honest, if you're behind the counter, you know there's a huge chance you're getting robbed. Oh, yeah. That's different. You're right. So, I mean, how many gas stations are shut down or closed or boarded up, even for just 24 hours because there was a shooting or a robbery or something? Mm. You, don't, I, you just don't have that here. So you showed up. You got the quick trip. Yeah, that honestly, was your it was your holiday meal. It was our holiday meal. We did go to our friend's house uh, Christmas morning, and it was the first Christmas. I can't and how, I can't even remember how many years that. It was so peaceful. They made mm. breakfast. All the kids hung out. Um, we ended up having a Nerf gun fight uh, <laughs> at the end, all nice. around the house. Like it was, it was literally the most mm. magical, restful, peaceful Christmas coming out of such an exhausting state of living. And, and I know that we are coming right out of COVID and, and Seattle is one of the worst places for lockdowns and different things like that and, and violence and crime, but. Um, Loss of freedom and. Yeah, yeah. It, it was just the most magical experience. And we thought, wow, we should have done this years ago because just the culture and the environment of everything just resonated so much peace and rest. Mm -hmm. It was, but then on the flip side of that, you still have your heightened awareness where I would leave the house and like all the lights are on, double and triple check the locks. And we'd have our friends like laugh at us, like, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, we want people to keep going home. And they're like, why? What? Why? I'm like, well, because if someone tries to break in, they're like, okay, that's not a thing here. <laughs> <laughs> Especially in the area that we live. Um, so but you, okay, so December, what was that, 2022? No, or 2021? Uh, 2020. Oh, yeah, 2021. 2021, yeah. December. Yeah. So, so 2022 is your first like yeah. full year, full year here. okay? Yeah, so just coming out of the end of COVID, and um, it was great. Josh started his job uh, right after Christmas, so we had Christmas week. Uh, the movers came, we unpacked. Titus started school a couple weeks after that, and you guys came in February, right? Yeah, so we were coming to visit, mm -hmm. um, and at the time, so our, our house had appreciated fairly well through COVID, and we had an opportunity to move anywhere, really, mm -hmm. or stay. It didn't matter. Buy a house, where we were at, stay. Um go i mean the financial advice that we'd received was hey you're going to be insolvent within two years and you're going to actually not have enough money to pay all your bills mm -hmm. from two years from today if everything continues to go the way it's going and we're like huh well, that sucks because if we leave now and find a place that costs less then we're in a better position mm -hmm. long term financially with more kids so we're like okay well then we need to open our mind to at least figuring out where to go well just going and pointing at the map didn't work because we're like we don't really know we've never gone to any of these places yeah. but we so what my wife and i did is we just took a map of the united states and crossed out everywhere we wouldn't want to go mm -hmm. so we took the coasts out of it completely yeah we and we really um took the entire south out because we weren't interested in living further south in the country we want we didn't want tornado alley so we yeah. crossed all the mid all the middle of the united mm -hmm. states out which left us with the midwest that was all that was left on the map 
other than Hawaii, which we would love to go. And mm-hmm. If I didn't have kids, I would live on the beach there. It wouldn't yeah. care. But that's not practical. We we tried to figure out how to move to Hawaii, and it was just it's um, so expensive. just outside of yeah. our reach, right? Yeah. And we want to live a simple life. Like we're not trying to, you know, become billionaires mm-hmm. and try to figure out how to, you know, manage all that. So we we're like, no, let's find a place where we feel comfortable raising our children and mm-hmm. where they're happiest right and so we're like okay let's go visit ashley she's in wisconsin we don't we've never been to wisconsin we don't know anything about wisconsin it's just let's go so we went in the winter yeah dead of winter let me tell you oh like, my god lakes are frozen <laughs> everything is like gr- like just gray <laughs> it was like dead plants everywhere is what it looked like yeah when i got there like it was all the trees looked dead. Mm-hmm. All the ground looked dead, but it was it had snowed, so like it's it still was beautiful. pretty. Yeah, it was really pretty. And we were like, "Huh, this is all right. This is pretty. It's nice." Mm-hmm. We got here. It was drier than expected. Like, yeah, winters the are humidity dry. wasn't mm-hmm. as much, and um, so dry skin was like kind of an issue to, on yeah. our visits and um, chapped lips, things that mm-hmm. we weren't used to dealing with. But just had a great time. Everybody was super nice. Everybody that we'd met was all encouraging of us, you know, um, potentially. And, and that's the difference. Choosing that as you a go place to a to restaurant stay. and people, you're, oh, what are you doing here? Oh, I'm here visiting. See if I want to move here. It was like, oh, this place is amazing. You definitely should. And that's what you got kind of across the board. And we didn't know enough people to like try to get them to convince you <laughs> like we had just moved also so it wasn't like we had this big elaborate plan we just yeah. knew we loved it and wanted you guys to experience that well and we were at the time i don't even think we had decided to make a move we just knew that it was an opportunity yeah. to move like and so we visited wisconsin we visited illinois actually mm-hmm. we drove down to illinois with uh, your friend yeah um and then we i had a bunch of job interviews in Minneapolis mm-hmm. um, so I ended up interviewing a whole bunch there then at some point in I think it was April I might have gotten prospected for the company I work with now yeah. they flew me out <clears throat> for a, a day to do an interview walk through one of the job sites really get a feel for what they were doing um, to see I mean really kind of to scare me away I think mm-hmm. was their plan <laughs> but <clears throat> I ended up working out um, really well because as soon as I locked down that potential opportunity, my wife started like immediately searching for houses. So what was the so. time frame? You guys visited in February, then you moved in June, July. So June sixth was the date that we got here um, and started my new job. So that was, I think, the job offer came in early May. So this was this was. February, March, April. So within two months mm-hmm. of us visiting here, we knew where we didn't want to go. But then still at that point, we kind of were like, okay, yes, Wisconsin, but. Yeah, you checked out Minnesota. Where? We're like, where in Wisconsin? Because we're like Madison, Milwaukee, Appleton, like all these mm-hmm. areas. Well, my job interview happened to take me through Appleton. So on my way back from my job interview, I drove through downtown Appleton, which reminded me very much of. Bellingham, mm-hmm. Ballard, Locks, mm-hmm. and a little bit of Snohomish, like the downtown Snohomish yeah. vibe, right? So, yeah. like those kind of three wrapped in one. It was the college, mm-hmm. university look. It was the old town, like Ballard Locks type, mm-hmm. you know, set up with the water, nostalgic, and it's, yeah. it's very nostalgic. And then the um, the downtown, like really old timey vibe. Yeah, to it. so it was like really yeah. cool. And as I'm driving through in the middle of the night, I didn't look at directions. I didn't look up where I was going. I literally just randomly found myself on College Ave, mm-hmm. driving through. And I was, it was, it was, I think a Saturday night, so it was like party night, yeah, right? Busy. All the kids are out and they're all yeah. having a good time. So I called Shelby and I was like, "Hey, I think you might like it here." He's like, "Really?" I was like, "Yeah." So we decided, I guess, at that point, we were going to accept the job. Um, after some hefty negotiations, mm-hmm. um, that went which back Wisconsin and forth. is not really used to the same way that Seattle does. Correct. So we we that this is something different. we've all learned. <laughs> so we're, we're really here talking about West Midwest. That's kind of what this is, right? So 
in Seattle, similar to New York or like Silicon Valley, you, you come in with this, I don't want to just say like level of confidence, but you have to come in ready to battle and negotiate for what you feel that you deserve, what you think is right. And so you come in ready to go here. It is very relaxed. Everything is a conversation. It's not always written down. So they'll say something during an interview or an offer and you go, okay, well, I need that in writing. And it's almost like they're offended because they're like, well, I just said it. It's my word. That's good enough. And even Josh experienced this where it's like, oh no, no, sir. Like this has to be in writing. And they get kind of taken aback by that because it's not, it's just not something that's done here. And maybe closer to the city and some of the tech positions, but even then it's very relaxed. Yeah, there was nothing rigid about mm-hmm. my interview process other than the, the the officialness of, you know, getting the rental car sure. or yeah. you know, reimbursing for like that part of it. That was very rigid, but everything else was like kind of shoot from the hip, trying to get a vibe, a feel and like as soon as I start coming at them with professional level like communication communication they start to get like defensive really yeah Mm -hmm. they start to get their walls go up immediately and here's what my boss so my boss i had this conversation with my boss and um the person who hired me Mm -hmm. a few months back i think it was in january or december i was like how did you guys know that i could do this job because everybody in the room knew that i could do the job at that point because i'd done it so well Mm -hmm. for so long they're like well we didn't and i was like okay mm-hmm. and they're like actually you gave us hell through your negotiations and we thought well man if you're this hard up or this this much yeah. of a hard ass essentially to us i mean imagine how much of a hard ass you could be to our contractors yeah and i think i had said that to you when you <laughs> you had said they were kind of seeming like taken aback and i said well that gently remind them you're from seattle and this is you know not to take offense I'm from Seattle. This is how we do things because it is even like when we found you guys purchased a home, we rented, but there was things not in our rental agreement that I was like, nope, it has to be changed. It has to be written. And they're like, what the hell? We just told you this is how it's going to be. So that's how it is. And I'm like, no, no, <laughs> has to be written down. Well, cause we're used to that, um, very rigid, ice cold well because um, it's so happy there so anytime something yeah, yeah you don't doesn't go your way and it's if it's in the contract you can get sued everything's a lawsuit here it is it's very much a lawsuit friendly yeah. place in washington that's that's a good point plus a lot of employers are having to defend themselves against Every roughly five percent of the worker population right I, it's roughly it's more than that no. but they say five to ten percent of the is the trouble yeah. workers right the ones who will set a company up to uh potentially put themselves in a position put them in a yeah. position where they can gain off of that company's mm-hmm. demise right so like that is a normal in washington state yeah. and in the pacific northwest in general where here it's not that's actually very abnormal mm-hmm. and it's not the norm and these businesses don't go through a lot of this litigation with their employees um it's still an at-will state mm-hmm. so but two very different ways to approach business. Like it's just, it's a different way of doing yeah, things. It's the farmer type way, right? It's like, my word is my bond. It's mm-hmm. like you, it's a handshake. It's, a handshake. A handshake. it's a lot of handshakes yeah. here. And it's so different to me. It, <laughs> I'd say now that we've been here a year and a half, I, my, my walls are down pretty pretty far compared to how it was when I lived in Seattle. Now I did not realize how far up they were until I went back to visit. Back to Washington. Back to Washington to visit. And it was like immediate angst, stress, uh, agitation, (laughs) and like even frustration, not just with traffic, but the way drivers are because everyone's just so agitated. And then coming back here and realizing like it is the quality of the people that are here that really makes your entire environment and that's not to say there's not an asshole here or there but i'd say the overall intention of people's hearts here is so much more relaxed and family focused and honesty focused with integrity than 
what you'll find in Seattle. Seattle, your guard's always up, like, what is this person's intentions really? Like, if someone's nice to you, you're wondering in Seattle why they're being yeah, nice Yeah, what is it they you. want from you? Versus here, if they're not nice to you, you're wondering why they're not nice to you. Yeah, like, what, what like, did they, why did, why are they acting like that? They must have had a bad day. Yeah. They must have something going on. Yeah. They're, you're, like, trying to figure out why instead of, like, instantly coming, becoming defensive mm-hmm. to something or they, yeah, they definitely. So the, the things that make Wisconsin great or the Midwest in general great at that level are also some of the things that frustrate me at work mm-hmm. because some of the things that I tend to have been able to get done quickly at work in the Northwest takes three times as long in the Midwest. Yes. Because the culture yes. is different. It is much slower here. It's, it's very different. Like, so that's yeah. something that I was t- kind of taken aback by initially. And that's <laughs> yeah, why I they remember call you me, called me a few times. Uh, they call me ice. Like at work, they think I'm very cold. Well, but I'm not trying well, to be. Well, you're from Seattle. I'm not trying to be. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, let's, let's go on to the next thing here. So why did we decide to do a podcast together? Like what drove it? Like, we've talked about it. But... I mean, we talked about it in Washington, even. Yeah. Just because, honestly, just cause talk if I'm being something. really honest, okay, we're really whole fucking hilarious. <laughs> There's just, so, so, Brian and I grew up, uh, everybody has stories when they grow up. You have times you reminisce and you go over stuff that happened in your childhood. Um, but the further away we got from some things and deeper into healing and working through some stuff not only did we kind of recognize i'd say about the same time like holy crap this actually happened (laughs) but (laughs) i wonder how many people have gone through this or going through these things who either don't know how to navigate the process because it does look different for each person or have a support system but when you're making these big life changes for the betterment of your personal health, your family health, um, the roots that you want to establish, um, it's it's fun one to talk about. So we kind of were like, now this is something people may want to hear, right? And then two, it was just like there there are some things that are widely different between the West and the Midwest, the Northwest, right? So, um, not just the people and the experiences, but literally the, the entire way a country operates is complete opposite. Yin and yang. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that was some of the catalyst to at least this version of the podcast. Cause we've talked about different ones, but I think we landed on that one because of this. Well, and this kind of gave it self life just from the process of like taking time in the Midwest to really become part of the Midwest, mm-hmm. to accept it as our new home, and then in that acceptance, really falling in love with it, and then going, hey, we should do this, you know, this would be fun. I think people can take a lot from our experiences through our childhood, through trauma, through um, a lot of things we took as normal growing up, which wasn't normal, yeah. and you don't or realize it's be not, normal. it shouldn't be, yeah. but you grow up not knowing anything yeah. else. And so I think there's a lot of people that will find benefit from this podcast through our stories to be shared in a way where they go, oh, that's not normal. But also, here's how you can work on you or fix you. Like, it gives them an ability to understand, like, nobody's perfect. That's okay. Mm -hmm. Like, so that's really why I wanted to jump in. And I've always wanted to, like, curate an audience that cares. Yeah, and, and I think part of it is we, we both realized years ago, didn't understand how to articulate it, that how, how you were raised is doesn't always have to be the projection of your future and your destiny and can just be your history. Mm-hmm. But there are things you can take from both good and negative experiences that can help build the character for how you raise a family. Mm-hmm. And and so we're not here to just shit talk and say we had this terrible growing up. We have incredibly loving mom. Um, Brian has a stepdad and his dad. And um, so we had great experiences with some pretty crazy experiences. (laughs) 
I mean, come on, our parents grew up in the eight or they raised us in the eighties and nineties. Yeah. Like their parents were all hippies. Like it was crazy time. Yeah. Through like the well, all the the amount of coke that was in the country at the time and the mm-hmm. amount of like um openness for people to try like everything. Everything. They, like <laughs> what it, doesn't matter what it is. They were trying it, right? And the kids were in the back room, told not to come out. You yep. know, like that was really the the latch key side. But we had a different upbringing because our parents were always there. Mm-hmm. Always. So that was like, like I wish they wouldn't. Like, yeah. like can you never go? Never left. Never. Because they own businesses, so and the business was always out of the house. So yeah. like we were the weird family that had their parents were still together, mm-hmm. and they never left. Like they, they were obsessive. Yeah, but that was... but also toxic too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then you know we think too like our kids someday are gonna be like, damn, our parents are messed up. But I think that's just how it is generationally, and you always try and do better than the one before. But how do you balance not focusing on what you didn't have or what you don't want your kids to have versus just focusing on the things you do want them to have yeah. and the experiences you want them to go through that are positive. And positivity does not mean there isn't hardship. <laughs> Get that right. Okay, because we have so many parents in, in today's world that just want to be their, their kid's best friend. They only want them to have these happy experiences and experience no turbulence. Well, that makes for some weak-ass future generational leaders. Yep. Which is, well, if we're honest, kind of what we're struggling with right now. Yep. So we're, this podcast really is going to touch on everything. So that's why we're going to do it together. Um, so the next one, what motivates you to get up in the morning every day? Like what is your main driver? My, my why? Um, well, number one is my son and husband. They've been through everything with me when I was sick. And... Um, supported me through everything so they're my biggest why to get up and then my family whether it's family in Washington you guys being here I want to experience everything I can have every adventure make as many memories as possible and, I, and you know that about me I'm, I'm a yes person to life like now I now have I had to scale back and I have learned that sometimes you shouldn't say yes to things absolutely uh do I still take all the risks you betcha (laughs) yep (laughs) what about you oh let's see so I wake up in the morning sometimes I don't want to get out of bed Mm -hmm. which makes sense because you know life still warm (laughs) cuddling but uh, actually, what continues to drive me each day is the fact that I know that I have a choice to be a better husband or a worse husband, a better father, a worse father, a better son or a worse son. Like, mm-hmm. I have these choices. And I know that I've been blessed with so much that to make a choice to be worse or do worse than I'm doing now is really like would spit in the face of God, essentially. Like I don't have any desire to like hurt myself in a way, whether that's hurting myself by not taking care of myself or hurting myself by um, living the same life that I've lived before. So I get up in the morning and I really think through like what, I don't really think much until I get to work, honestly. It's like, <laughs> it's like one way track to where I get up, I take my shower, I get my breakfast, I get yeah. my coffee. I'm not really your routine, thinking, right? I've got yeah, the routine. Robotic. But as soon as my feet hit the floor uh, at getting out of my car and walking into work, it's really to serve those who I've been entrusted to take care of so that I can continue to take care of those at home. Like it's really mm-hmm. like that soul driving focus when i'm at work and it's weird i can literally turn off the fact that i think the world doesn't exist outside of work it's Mm -hmm. really weird i get there 
but what keeps me going back is it is my kids it's my family it's my my wife because they all look to me to provide what sustenance we do have because we have a single income home mm -hmm. we don't have dual incomes by choice because there are so many competing responsibilities for our yeah. time that if we were both to work all of a sudden our quality of life would go to nothing and, and then you're paying for all and, this yeah childcare that is unnecessary and our quality are just we wouldn't have the quality the kids wouldn't have a, a parent around mm -hmm. when they need them they we our spouse wouldn't be around when we need them yeah. like so the the biggest driver there if, if i were ever to say oh well you know the days you don't want to do it like those are the days I'm thinking of when I think, what motivates me the most? It's that. It's those days when I don't want to do it, and I look at them, and then I go, well, the alternative is to not do it. And then I play out in my mind what it would look like to not be motivated. Mm -hmm. And then I look at that and go, I don't want that life. <laughs> so I do all the things to continue to feed that motivation yeah. to, to keep going. Because there's, you know, there's days I don't want to go to work, or there's days I don't want to, you know figure out how to better myself and do those things. Sure, but I continue work. to push because of the fact that if I don't, my kids will suffer. My mm -hmm. wife will suffer. Like I'm put in this world to bless people, not to cause suffering. So that's the biggest motivator really is just constantly asking myself like, hey, what can I do to better their life? And if that means I have to better my life, well then so be it. And, and that's the part I think about we grow up learning that the word selfish is a negative really to be selfish is the best thing we can do to be selfless because when we can do everything we need to for ourselves we can pour out to others now that, yeah. that doesn't mean that we shouldn't find balance but being selfish is probably one of the most selfless things you can do when it comes to health i'm not saying selfish like you know go and do all this crazy stuff that's going to affect your family in a negative way. But if it's for your mental, emotional, physical health, those are all the best things you can do. To feed, yeah, mm -hmm. to feed who you should be or want to be. Even in times where you don't necessarily have all the belief, if you live it out, it's almost like, oh, you fake it till you make it. That's literally yeah. a good way to, to get to where you need to go is like, well, fake that you're already there. Yeah, you, it, and I think... <clears throat> fake it at least for me and maybe that's just how we grew up because that's what we were always told fake it till you make it um but i, I always try to say envision um and look at what your projection is going to be because yeah. sometimes if you're faking it you're faking the emotion fake the emotion you're just always going to feel a little bit crappy but being able to envision where where you want to be as if you're operating in that right now right yeah, you're almost bringing yourself there. Yeah. By all means, because you're putting yourself there mentally, emotionally. And then eventually, it's almost like the physicality of it shows up because of that. Yep. It's like, well, because I put myself there, now I am there. Yeah, like, your, your brain and your emotions start to operate in that present moment as if that is truly what's happening. So you start to bring those things into your life and everything you're projecting out is truly coming back because it's like, instead of saying, no, these things aren't going to happen. No, I can't do this. No, I can't have that. Now uh -huh. it's, I have no other option. This is what is happening. This is what we're doing. This is where we will be. And then you arrive there, but you're still already like, while you're in that present moment going, what's the next best version of myself. Uh -huh. And I think that's, that's incredible. So what what is something you would tell somebody who's thinking about making a move, never moved out of state, and just kind of curious about it? <clears throat> well, I guess it would depend on where they're... I would ask them lots of questions about like their life, like where they see it going, because that's going to play into maybe some of the advice that I could give because it's, it's really just trying to understand like long-term, what are your goals? Because if you don't have that figured out, it's like, well, just moving isn't going to answer. See, it. and that's, <laughs> where, that's where you and I balance each other out because my answer is just do it. <laughs> you just, you just do it and you think about it later. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it just, because I used to, like, tell people they should, you know, they should have kids. Well, now I just, I ask a lot of questions first before oh advising them on yeah. if they should have kids or not. Because yeah. as I had more kids and as I grew up and they grew up, and now I have four at different stages of all different stages of kid life, and I can already see, like, oh, in five years, that kid might not be in, in my life all that much because, mm-hmm. they, you know, they have their own life. However sad that is, you know, from the parent, it's good for the kid yeah. to go off, right? So that's where I'm like, I don't really give advice for people to have kids. So that's where I kind of take the same stance of move across the country. Do you have kids? No? Do it. Like, why not? What's stopping you? Mm-hmm. Do you have kids? Yes. Will you have to leave your kids behind? Believe, you know, there's like mm-hmm. questions like that where, like, if it's not, if, if it's you're not co-parenting the best for, with yeah, okay, if it's not the best thing for your family, then no, don't go. But if it's literally you staying is going to be worse for your family, you gotta go. <laughs> yeah, sell your stuff. Yeah, you can start over sure. anywhere. Okay, and and I know this because my husband he he does not like to create the plan, but he wants a plan when it comes to big family decisions. Okay. He needs to have the security of a plan. I am a, we can get rid of everything and live in a shoebox and figure it out and then grow our empire from there. Now, <laughs> now that does balance out because, because he does not like to create the plan. Mm-hmm. It forces me to have to take a step back and not always be so spontaneous and take the administrative role of creating the plan and showing him that it's manageable. Mm-hmm. but we can still take the leap and then because he sees a plan he's willing to do it even if not all the steps are followed out and so i would say that to anybody mm-hmm. like just sell all your shit everything material can be repurchased yeah only take what you have sentimental value for and like, and, and then even, even then, then 50 percent more of that can go yeah ask yourself if it's even worth the sentiment if it's been in a box for six months or it's been out of sight for six months it's probably going to be out of sight for the next two years you don't need that shit so if you're talking so that's a different question so if you're saying what would you tell someone who's going to move the first thing i would say is get rid of almost everything you own yeah like obviously bring a car you know but like I mean, you guys bought a car here. That's true. We I did. mean, we did. We got. We looked at cars for you guys. But we if had you our shit. don't need it, yeah, like absolutely it. need it, get rid of it. And so we, this dovetails into our story. So let me tell you how our move went. Mm-hmm. So we decided, what, April? We're moving. Okay. And we were like, okay, where? Well, Wisconsin, where? Specifically, we were looking in Appleton. Mm-hmm. So we took five whole weeks. From the second we decided, we ended up, took five weeks, got our house ready to sell, like record speed, because mm-hmm. my wife had spent the last year and a half getting our house ready. Mm-hmm. So even though she doesn't have a job outside the home, her job is the home. Just literally, I, I so she, it's very rare to meet a woman <laughs> literally from morning till night, is task oriented, gets everything done at the house. Like She's not one of those moms, and I'm not knocking moms who do this, but she's not one of the moms who's like, kids go off to school, I'm just going to watch some watch shows some soaps and, you know. yeah she is like projects so she could do that yeah if something isn't urgent yeah like, so literally if it's not urgent she'll go to that natural state mm-hmm. right and i again not judging her she's is who she is and i support her however she is like she is a very unique person in that if she has a task and it has to be done tomorrow she's going to get it done by tomorrow mm-hmm. but if it's a task that has to be done by next year that test will never get done. Like it will just never get done. <laughs> Until it becomes urgent, it's going to live there for, I mean, it'll live in its half done state for however long it takes until she decides that it's urgent. And urgent could be there's people coming over tomorrow. Yeah, Guess I was what? just going to say, she will remodel that room woman. today. <laughs> that is exactly true. But the urgency is dictated based on our emotional environment, okay. um, situational stuff that comes up. Okay. Or if we just like, we'll see a dish all of a sudden, and then we're like, well, now I have to remodel the bathroom because I saw dishes on the counter and it stressed me out. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's, so that's in your brain, that literally makes sense. Okay. Like I got pissed because I had to wash another dish. Now I'm in an angry clean, which leads me to completely demoing this room, and now I'm remodeling it. Oh, okay. So yeah. That's, that's how different. our brain goes. That's not how my. So anyway. <laughs> 
So she spent five, like the last five weeks in Washington, we spent remodeling like everything that essentially we we couldn't get around to. Like mm-hmm. we did as much as we could for a year and a half, but I mean, we we brought in um, an excellent real estate agent, and his he actually had his own family working at our property mm-hmm. to get it ready. Um, multiple contractors involved getting it ready. So like running up the credit cards like crazy, like crazy, like maxing out everything for the move. Um, Knowing that, you know, obviously when we sell our house, we can pay everything. Right. So very methodical in its thought process, but um, very hectic. I mean, it was, it was insane how much energy went into those last five weeks. And then, Literally three days before we go to move, U-Haul says, oh, sorry, we don't have the U-Haul for you. We can't help you. And we're like, well, what's your alternative? We don't have one. Well, you have none. No, sorry. Three days before. My wife's freaking out, and she calls all the different places to get all the different prices on trucks and everything else. The only thing we could find in our price range that made sense, we went from a 24-foot U-Haul with like huge U-Haul, super tall, mm-hmm. eight foot tall, all the things, right? Dualies on the back. We went to this tiny little 12 foot budget truck, six feet tall. Yeah. And that speaks and to, we hey, went, there's things you don't need. Well, <laughs> we aren't going to bring half the stuff we thought we were going to. So like at that time, we're literally fire sale, give everything away, got rid of so much stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, we packed, we Tetris packed this thing. There was no way to fit anything else in. Like, and then we still look back and we're like, we thought we had this one thing. And we're like, nope, we got rid of that too. Because at the last yeah. minute, we don't even know what we got rid of. Like we just, if it wasn't a need, it did not go. Like it just literally, I had brand new chairs and and storage, all yeah. this stuff I had plans to take. Really, really nice stuff. But obviously it's just stuff, right? Yeah. So we just got rid of most of our stuff, crammed everything in the in the budget truck little budget truck with these <laughs> tiny little tires on the back but like they weren't even dualies and we're like all right here we go we just decided to head out so we headed out we spent what nine days on the road coming over real chill we went to where'd we go Yo- um yellowstone yellowstone national park we went to the badlands mm-hmm. um we visited mount rushmore so it was like the really that's another thing Shelby can do. She can plan a trip like nobody's business. Yeah. The trip day to day, she'll have all things planned out, all the travel planned out, all the drive times, where we're going to stop for whatever, mm-hmm. all the events. Oh, we can reschedule and move the events. And so she she is an excellent event planner. So we spent nine days coming over. We got into our Airbnb on a Saturday. Spent Sunday getting pa- unpacked. Started my job Monday. At an Airbnb in, uh, what was it? Menasha or no? Uh, I think it was uh, Nina. Okay. Right? Might as well be Menasha, right? <laughs> Nina, Menasha, like Appleton, they're mm-hmm. all kind of like right there. And then we spent, what, three to four weeks through that process? But, oh, because we were trying to close on our home. Mm-hmm. On our nine-day trip over, you with sold your no house and tried phone, to buy one. Yeah. We sold our house on the way, and we we bought a house sight unseen. Yep. We bought one coming across the country. So that not only have we never seen this house that we're going to live in, we're like driving across the country with no internet. We can't even sign the documents half the time because we're not in places we can sign. Mm-hmm. Where there's no internet. Mm-hmm. Who knew there's no internet through most of the country? <laughs> <laughs> well, the Midwest for sure. <laughs> oh my gosh, it was crazy. So we we finally we get back into or we get into town. We sign the rest of our documents. We close on the home that we're we're not even going to live in yet because they they're not moved out. Right, they have to get it ready. Never seen it, which was crazy insane. And we get so we get here, we do that initial walkthrough of the house. It's really nice. It's um, we ended up, I think they 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 didn't accept our offer initially, mm-hmm. they accepted someone else's, and that person backed out. They're like, Nope, I'm out, the market's crashing, I gotta go. They, they just didn't yeah. want to spend that money at that time, which we we're like, Good, so they're like, Oh, well, you give us as much as she would and we're like no we're gonna give you what you offer what we offered and and we actually threw in like 10 grand more we're like not nothing but no 
you can put it back on the market. We'll see how that works for you. Mm-hmm. So they um, they decided to to take our offer, which was smart because I don't I don't think even on the market it would have done any better. But um, we got here. It was it was like a really weird vibe with them. Like just we were trying to purchase some of the items in the home mm-hmm. that were offered to us. And um, we agreed to them, and then we get there, and they're, like, gone already. Like, you sold them to someone else. We're like, yeah. kind of weird, but okay. And like, again, not none a big of this deal. was, like, in a contract, right? No, it, it was. was. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was all contract. Like, we could have bought them on it, but why, yeah. right? Like, you're here. It's just, you just stuff. Like, the big move, like it's yeah, yeah, it's just stuff. Like, what the, the I think the biggest surprise from a household perspective was that you have to bring your appliances. Like, you have to bring your washer dryer. Mm-hmm. That's oh, not yeah. a thing in the Northwest. Yeah, yeah, like, we did have to do that. We had to buy all new washer dryer because no yeah. house has that. They don't like Which, they always honestly, bring it for cleanliness. I kind of like. Oh really? Because now, especially having the cleaning company, I'm telling you, unless you take that apart and you clean it yourself, you are just getting somebody else's bacteria and skin and all that. Crap. Oh, in the machine. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So I never really thought about it. I kind of like that now. Oh, you put it like that. But in, yeah, in the Northwest, it's not a thing. Like you showed up, you had a washer dryer. Mm -hmm. Like you didn't bring it. Why? Because you left your old one. Like here it's, you didn't bring it. Why didn't you? You're you're not, you're not going to have one. Yeah. Yeah. So that was one of the, the most, I guess, shocking ones of the, the move. The move was just that. Everything else, though, like the people were really nice. The process of moving was great. People at work were very supportive of the move. Like, that's, yeah, they're family first. Yeah, here. like, hey, I got something going on. We just moved. They're like, hey, why are you even here? Exactly. Like, why did you even wish work is coming like, in? What? Yeah. Your family, duh. <laughs> yeah. And what, I was like, huh, that's an interesting culture change and shift because we, at Washington, it was, why aren't you at work and it doesn't matter you yeah you do whatever it takes or you're not going to work here anymore and it was all that constant fear of i have to keep doing it because otherwise i'm concerned i won't have that job Mm -hmm. anymore right and here they're like total opposite they're like i don't even know why you're here you need to go take care of your family you let us know when you're coming back yeah (laughs) like if you're sick and dying in seattle it doesn't matter you better show up because guess what you're done here, if you show up with a little cold, they're like, what are you even doing? Yeah. Go home. Yeah. And I, I do like that. But so I think that's kind of the gist of uh, a little bit about us and why we moved and, and kind of some things we went through. I'm excited about some maybe future guests we're going to have on, some topics we're going to go over. Um, some Wisconsin natives. Some, some things Washington we're going to yeah, dig up yeah. and... <laughs> And kind of break down the differences between the two places, which they're pretty wide gaps. Oh, yeah. I'd say Grand Canyon size. (laughs) I got a good question for you. What do you want to be when you grow up? Oh, man. (laughs) I'm going to have to really think about that one. What do I want to be when I grow up? (laughs) Well, I love the fact already that I don't think I'm grown up. So I can say that. I really am going to have to think about maybe it's always changing. I think who do I want to be is the best version of myself for my mm-hmm. family. And I think that will take qualities and um, things I love about the people I'm around because that will look different next year versus five years from now mm-hmm. about who I want to be. And I can say that just living in a house, of boys they make it very aware that it changes more than i think it does <laughs> i think well today you want to be a farmer and yesterday you wanted to be a you know fashion blogger so um you know i think just really truly a person of honesty and integrity a woman of god and not just a leader for my household but in the political climate that we're in right now, somebody who can stand for what they believe and do it with grace and love and mm. not judgment and aggressiveness. Yeah. So it's kind of a lot, actually. 
That's who I want to yeah. be, all things. <laughs> what about you? Um, this is an interesting question for the time because I just um, changed a lot about my life. Because mm-hmm. um, mom just passed away. She so, did. like, that last week with her, she had some tough questions for me that was like, hey, why do you uh, make bad decisions for yourself? And I'm like, so I don't, we haven't talked about any of this. I don't have an answer for that. And she's like, huh, you should think about that. Wow, mom. Okay. Coming in with a hammer. I mean, I'm not shocked, but I've not heard these things. You know, but she's, you know, that's mom, right? She can speak to areas in our lives where she's allowed to because she's Mm -hmm. our mom. Yeah, and we gave permissions for that. And she, um, you know, she asked those tough questions, but in a loving way that Mm -hmm. wasn't like judgy. It was more like, I care. Yeah, not condemning. Yep. And through those questions, I was able to, I guess, just finally realized, yeah, I should ask that question. I never really had that question posed to myself from myself, mm-hmm. you know? And so through that, um, I got a hold of my doctor. I've, I've been in therapy for a few years, but I, I got home my doctor. I got a physical. I got lab tests and stuff done. Um, and they, I started a new diet. So I, I got on um, more of a whole foods diet. Mm-hmm. Um, and just decided to start taking nutrients into my body. I love this. Minerals and yes. stuff. So I'm thinking as I do these things, that's kind of the, the switch is like I'm deciding to grow up now. Mm-hmm. Like, to where before. You were in survival mode. I, and yeah, now you're, yeah. you're working towards thriving and being present. Yep. And that's the part where like I just want to be present. Like I lived a lot of my life in the past mm-hmm. in my mind over and over again. I kind of spent 20 years going through trauma, the mm-hmm. next 20 years really healing from a lot of that trauma. So the next 20 years, that's kind of where I see myself growing up is man, you're old becoming. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. And becoming like who I actually want to be in that process. So in 20 years, where do I want to be? Well, I'd like to travel a lot more. Is that the question we just asked? Or was it, who's your hero? Or what do you want to be? What do you want to be when you grow oh, up? In so. my mind, it was, who's your hero? <laughs> <laughs> That's the question I was answering. Nice. <laughs> I want to be, I want to travel more. I want to let my, <laughs> I want to let my old self go or my young self go, like, and become somebody better. Um, and I don't want to, be stuck in a house like i told shelby i was like i just i want to go like travel i want to go i want to just go and just if the kids come with us great if not great <laughs> i love this i don't want them to to feel like they have to but i don't want them to not go with us if they want to go i just don't want to be burdened with taking care of a house all the time or always yeah. trying to fix a car or Keep up something that broke fixed again. Like it's that part. I just want to move beyond like the need to constantly always need to do stuff. I think with kids that just because of the cycle that we're in right now and the the season of our life, that's kind of just where I'm at. Like I need to get enough money to pay the bills. I need to take care of the families day to day. Whatever's broke, go fix it. Mm -hmm. Cause you know, things need fixing. We can't afford to always have someone else fix them. Uh, but being present is like the biggest change I think right now is just hanging out with my youngest when he's playing with something like yeah. being there with him. What them. is he going like, to remember? Yeah, when he's older. Or is he going to remember dad was on the video game or on the call or always at work? Yeah, you know. I, I like that. And I think that's good for for our listeners or whoever's you know tuning in because I think it's important to always kind of keep in the forefront of your brain you know, where is it that you want to go while still being present? And are you making the actionable steps to get there? Or is it just a conversation in your head? And you had tapped into that a little bit by saying you spent the last 20 years living in the past. I think the next episode, we can talk about what that looks like when we're constantly in a state of just replaying history in Mm. our minds with the thought about how does that change or wanting it to change but then taking the next 
next step, which is being actionable about mm-hmm. it, which you're doing now. Yeah. And it is making a lot of changes for your family and for you and for your relationship with your wife, which I think is awesome. So I'm I'm excited about where we're going from here and who we're going to have to talk to and stuff we've got to talk about. Yep. This is great. Thank you, everybody, for listening to West to the Midwest, episode one. This is exciting. Yeah, we'll be back. Um, you can always follow us online. And uh, if you have any questions, let us know. Bye. Bye. Hope you enjoyed the ride. Glad we didn't crash. If you have any feedback or ideas for future episodes, we'd love to hear from you on our social media. Please leave us a review on Spotify or wherever you podcast. 